sing it together again. Let's stand as we sing, Come All You Faithful. to adore you tonight and to praise you for all that you've done and so much that you've done in our lives and in our midst. We pray, God, that as we as we worship you through sharing, through hearing, uh, that we be prayerful as we uh, listen and engage our hearts to give you praise. I thank you, God, for saving not only us who've been walking with you for maybe dozens of years but those that you're saving and, and bringing to yourself even this very moment as you're drawing them to the Messiah through the gospel. And, and we praise you for that. God, we ask that you'd be honored tonight, that we'd be built up in love, we'd be motivated and spurred on to, to, to minister faithfully, to serve and to care for one another, and that you would help us to be faithful in that. Bless our time now, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, you can be seated. Uh, 
It's warm. We didn't want you to be cold, but now I don't want you to take a nap. So ditch your coat, shed a layer if you need to. We are going to move uh, right now into a time of hearing a couple of testimonies of uh, a couple of newer folks to our church, Craig and Tatiana Atencio. And, uh, and so I will invite uh, Tatiana first to, to join me up here. Please give her your attention. Uh, Craig and Tatiana have been in the membership process along with a number of other folks and have asked them to share briefly how God has worked in their lives, brought them to himself, and to give you a little glimpse into their lives so, they, so that you can get to know them as they're coming along in our church. I'm going to read my testimony. Uh, I grew up in a Christian family in New Christ, um, in New Christian beliefs. When I was a child, I attended Sunday school every Sunday in church services throughout the week. As I got older, older, I read Bible a lot. One day, I was in church listening to a sermon about the ten bridesmaids, bridesmaids and it really touched me. I didn't want to wait to commit my life to Christ and be left behind. Even though I live a moral life, I knew I was a sinner in need of God's forgiveness. And uh, became convicted I wanted to follow Jesus for the rest of my life. And I didn't want to wait any longer to be baptized. After I was, I was baptized, I became committed to God and uh, the church. I focused on serving others in the church. With other young adults, I visited uh, older Christians who couldn't leave their homes or was in the hospital. We sang songs, read the Bible, and prayed with them. Now I'm a Christian wife and a mother. My goal is to grow as a Christian and to be a, uh, a good example for my children and others. My ultimate goal now is for my children to love God and for me to keep growing in Christ. Oh, thank you, Tatiana. All right, Anna Layton's there to hang out with the kiddos. Thanks, Anna. Great. Thanks, brother. Yeah, thank you. Uh, first, uh, let me just start off with a slight prologue and just say that we probably should have done this a long time ago. We've been here for approximately three, three and a half years now, and we've you know loved this church and uh, really loved being here. So uh, I want to start with that. But the question was I've been asked to address is um, what was my life like before I knew Christ? How was I brought to Christ? And then how was my life changed? So before I knew Christ, I grew up in a non-Christian family, pretty moral family in Citrus Heights. My dad still lives in a house where I grew up. But I would characterize my life before I knew Jesus as pretty much self-centered, um, self-absorbed, and empty and without meaning. That's how I characterize it. I was sort of a bookish person. I played sports in high school, baseball and basketball. I had AP calculus and English, but it was very empty and um, not very... Uh, Fill with anything uh, that would give me some meaning in my life. So I went down to Pepperdine University um, for the small classes and the uh, good reputation that they had, not because it was a Christian school, 
And I sort of go there, and during my sophomore year, I made friends with uh, um, a young man in my math class, uh, probability class I was taking that, that semester. And we got to know each other. He invited me to his Bible study. I went to that, started to become engaged with that. A different stand also comes in from the side because at Pepperdine you have to take Bible classes there. And so I was taking New Testament um, at the time. So what you have to do for that is you have to read the Bible and uh, Gospels. And so I started to read those too. And then slowly I went to my friend's um, uh, Bible study, got more involved there, it sort of moved my heart. And then I engaged with the Bible and the Gospels. And to me, when I read them on Saturdays and Sundays and I was studying, Jesus just jumped out at me and it was almost like he was alive there before me as I was reading them. And so God was working on my heart through this period. And then finally I went to a winter retreat. I remember this really clearly actually. And every winter they have a retreat for the students and I went to that and I have to say it was probably the most empty time I had. I remember being in the worship service and you know they're singing, I stand, I stand in awe of you. Everybody knows a song from college. And I remember just feeling totally empty as the other students were, you know, lifting their hands up in praise. And so I went for a walk. I left the room, actually. And I left, and I took a walk and sat down by a little bench. And um, I think God was working on breaking me down at that point, mainly because I sat down and, you know, was talking to God and thinking about Him. And then He just showed me my life um, without Him, that it was completely meaningless. I was filled with sin and dirty, and there was nothing there. My parents would pass away. Everything I knew would be gone, and I would have nothing in my life. And so he was breaking me down uh, through this whole process, and that sort of culminated there. And then I went to study a little more, and then finally, a few months later, I was baptized. Um, I became a Christian, committed my life to Jesus Christ. After that, I switched, and uh, not switched, but I switched schools. I went to Boston to finish a uh, biomedical engineering degree out there. I got involved in the church I was going to. I joined InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. Um, I even went on an evangelism trip down to Daytona Beach. It's kind of odd to walk down the beach and say, hey, can I disturb your suntan? Do you have any thoughts about Jesus Christ? You know, but I, I did do that. You walked up and down the beach uh, for a weekend. So I finished that up there at Boston. Then I came out to the East Bay for graduate school at Berkeley and I joined a church. On the Creek Church of Christ, I got heavily involved there. I served in the soup kitchens, um, picking up older folks to bring them to church. Um, went on youth mission trips, all these different things, taught apologetics classes, all these different things. So God was really shaping my life and turning me around, you know, 180 from where I started, from having no meaning and being completely empty to having something that was just rapturous in my life and that filled me and gave me what I needed. So now I'm here. And I really love being here. And I have a little newer mission field. My, Tachana and my wife and I, we were married in 2014. We have three kids. And they're sort of my local mission field now. They keep me busy. I don't have all the time I had when I was single to do all these different things that I was involved with. But my main goal in life and my deepest dream is to have them love Jesus and to know him as their friend, their savior, um, the true meaning in their life and to just embrace him. So that's what I'm hoping for my family, for, for all of us here, actually. But this is sort of how God has worked in me, and he continues to work in my life. And I'm grateful for him, so praise God for that. So thank you.
Amen. Well, thank you. Thank you both for sharing, and, and uh, we're grateful to be having gotten to know you these last couple of years and a little bit more now. Um, let's continue to pray for them and, and others as well. We'll share a little bit more about those who are in, in membership process right now. One of the things that we want to highlight tonight is uh, something we've been talking about the last year or so, that we want to see the Lord grow us in uh, care for one another, which is exactly what the, the work of ministry really is. It is, it is caring for one another and spiritual ways, connection, building and growing godly friendships and relationships, whether that's through young adult group ministry or children's or our small groups or our corporate worship on Sundays. Uh, but connected to that is, is community that we're growing as, as God's people together in these things. And so uh, what we're going to do now for a little bit here is to just highlight some, uh, some ways that God has been growing us in in those ways throughout some of our different areas of ministry. And so just to remind you that uh, what we want to accomplish in in sharing some of these ministry updates tonight is we want to praise God for what he's done, what he's done in the past in in this year of of ministry through you all, through through the saints of our church, Uh, and then also to, to share what are some plans, some things that we're trusting God for in the future going forward, and then and then to pray for those things. And so, a number of our uh, ministry leaders and servants have shared some some requests and some praises that and some plans that they want to share with you. And then we'll publish those next week or in the next couple of weeks in kind of a, a review, a recap of this night. But I just want to share a few of those, and then um, and then in a little bit we'll hear we'll have a bit of a kind of a leadership update. Uh, from some of our, our uh, on some of our deacons and, and elders and things that we've been working on, as well as some praises and updates from some of the the, the giving uh, from this last year and finances, and then um, and then we'll also have our time to, to vote to affirm and reaffirm deacons and elders in our midst. And so, uh, let me just kind of close this testimony time with a word of prayer, and then and then uh, we'll move into some of these ministry updates. Father, thank you for Craig and Tatiana. Thank you for their family. God, we're grateful for how you and your sovereignty uh, drew them to yourself. Lord, we would have never chosen you, and yet you sovereignly and graciously plucked us out of our sin, and you opened our eyes to see that Christ is precious, and we are humbled by that, O Lord. So we we pray for the Atencios that you you would grow them in their love for Christ, uh, their, their knowledge of your word, uh, but Lord, that we would be good friends and, and, and church family members to them, that we would love them and care for them, uh, that we would help them along as, as they help us as, as we grow together in Christ. And so we pray for them and ask uh, that you would you bless them in that, Lord. And we thank you and, and praise you for, for them and for, for what you're doing in their lives. In Christ's name, amen. Well, just a, a, a brief word on from some of our women's and men's ministries. Uh, the women's ministries, uh, they are all over the place from Bible studies to the Sunday morning women helping women class that has been full and vibrant as Maureen and John Rucker facilitate and, and lead that class. There's a number of ladies who've been teaching. There's a, an exciting teaching schedule actually coming up, I think through the spring even. Um, so that's an exciting ministry that's happening throughout women's ministries. But here's, um, here's one of the praises and kind of prayer requests from the women's ministries. They're, they're trusting God to use the, the series in 1 Corinthians 13 
to, to help draw our church body closer together, which is a great prayer request and a great praise, especially for those who are lonely and discouraged, and, and for those of you, you ladies who are connected to the, the women's ministries, which really is all of you, but but you know that that's, that's kind of the, their heartbeat, is to help connect believers, families, ladies into the life of the church. And so um, what a great reminder that that's really what we want our First Corinthians series that Phil has been working through. To We want to grow in those things and see the Lord do that. One of the plans that they have, so we're going to be praying for this, is that uh, they're hoping that we can have more times of church fellowship in the coming year, times like this. So potlucks, meals, um, where we're together sharing and praising the Lord and, and spending time as, as a large group together. So the women's ministries really help facilitate a lot of those kinds of events. And again, not just so that we can sit around and play bingo and you know do silly, goofy things, but really to, to pray together, to minister to one another. And so, uh, although bingo would be fun, Donna, take note of that. I might be, no. Dave said he wasn't going to tell a joke tonight, so I have to tell the jokes. So, sorry, Dave. Uh, so that's some of our, our women's ministries. There's a ton going on there, but praise God for, for the women in our church who are serving so faithfully. On a men's ministry side of things, we've had several breakfasts this last year. Uh, we, right the day before the world changed in 2020, March 15th, uh, with COVID and all that, we had a men's breakfast, and then we're like, oh no, are we all going to, you know, what's going to happen Sunday? Well, thankfully everyone, no, no one got sick, I don't think, from that event, so we're praising God for that. But we've had uh, Matt Hanna share one of those breakfasts to challenge us in evangelism and outreach. Um, we had one of our breakfasts where five or six men from our church shared how God has, has had worked throughout 2020 to knit them together and, and help, uh, help them spur each other on to love and good deeds throughout the year. And then this last month, we had John Rucker come and talk about biblical reconciliation and forgiveness in our relationships. Um, so, ladies, you can ask your husbands how that's going. Hopefully they took notes during that. Uh, but it's been a sweet year of our men's studies meeting regularly. Bob Johnson, Don Myers, Robin Haller, Sean Downey. Uh, those are some of the men facilitating some of those men's groups. Um, so we're, we're praising God for a lot of sweet things that God is doing through our, our men's ministries as well. We want to see those grow, so we'll continue to pray for that. Uh, moving to some of our, our children's ministry and, and youth ministries and our young adult ministry. Those are all kind of linked together. Our children's ministry, praise from Lisa Peppers. Uh, their classes are growing. Remember, we took a, a break. We didn't have children's classes on Sunday mornings for a while. That was it's kind of bizarre to think back on, isn't it? Uh, just some of the strange things of 2020. But the children's classes are full, and that's exciting. Uh, she says we have a very busy nursery and two other classrooms full of children learning about God's love and the gospel. And so we're praising God for our children's Sunday school teachers uh, and for our, our, our nursery helpers. They've been teaching faithfully, pouring into the kids, uh, and that is, not a, uh, that is not a labor that is in vain. That is planting seeds and watering gospel seeds for the glory of God. So we're grateful for that. Uh, lots of people donated toys to the classes that the kids have been enjoying, so they're praising God for that. Uh, a plan, a hope for this coming year, uh, there's need for a few more regular helpers once every five weeks in the nursery. Uh, needs for toddlers and children's church. And then there's also a need for people who would like to be on the substitute list 
that they can call when someone can't serve if they're sick or something like that. So there are some opportunities to serve within children's ministry. If you're a new member to our church and you've not plugged in somewhere, that's a great place to get involved. But to start getting involved even with children and, and investing in them. So you can talk to Lisa Peppers or myself and uh, we'd love to help you get connected there. Adventure Club. This has been an exciting year with Adventure Club. There, if you've not been here on a Thursday night, you should just drop in. There's kids everywhere. There's leaders everywhere. And it is a, a thrilling night. There's junior high ministry happening as well. I'll share a little bit about that. Um, Jason Hill and Graham Grant have kind of been masterminding this whole thing on Thursday nights with Adventure Club this last year. And so as far as praises, one of the huge praises is uh, that it is a gospel-centered ministry it is a ministry that is not just seeking to entertain kids and teach them how to do fun games, though they do a lot of fun games and fun activities, but it's really, it's, it's to uh, impart the gospel to them. Uh, but not only to kids, but to, to families. And so there's a number of unbelieving families, grandparents who drop kids off, who, who bring their kids, children who don't know the Lord. And, and so uh, one of the praises is just for constant contact with unbelieving families from the community and, um, and so that is, a, that is a huge gospel opportunity. Uh, one story from Jason Hill, he said, I've got some kids in our scouts group who have never been to church before, who were invited by other friends, or who have parents that saw our banners from the freeway. The banners work. They work, Graham. Uh, and they were invited by, by friends. They saw the banners, yeah, from the freeway, or heard from others in the body about, uh, about this great ministry for their kids. And so we're just grateful for how word spreads throughout the community, that, that there's something for God, for, for children at our church, which is, as you all know, have been here, that's such a, a legacy of our church, of ministry to children. Um, so lots of praises there. Um, some, uh, some hopes and plans, just trusting God that he will bring even more kids uh, to hear the gospel, to continue to raise up and equip younger leaders. We have a ton of uh, of young people serving on Thursday nights, which is so exciting. And again, that's part of our, our legacy here is that our, um, our midweek children's ministry is engaging our, our high school students in particular to serve. So that's just such a great opportunity. Um, yeah, and, it, and uh, one of the references that, uh, that the guys shared that, uh, makes them think of the, the passage from Galatians now they're, they're wanting and praying for opportunities to just continue to encourage leaders. It says, let us not become discouraged or grow weary in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we do not become weary. That's a great word of encouragement for, for all of us serving, that we wouldn't grow weary in the work that God's given us to do. So we're, we're praising God for that. Next couple of junior high, high school and young adult, real quickly. Praises for junior, junior high, junior disciple. Chris Dwyer reminded the kids this week, why do we call our ministry disciple, junior high disciple or disciple ministries? It's because as followers of Christ, uh, we're not only following him initially in salvation, but we're going to continue to grow in our love and our knowledge of Christ as we help each other follow Christ. So there's a sense of accountability and mutual care for one another that we even want to instill in them in junior high and high school which is what Jason and Kiana have been laboring for in the young adult ministry. And so uh, just a praise for junior high ministry, uh, positive participation of the junior hires during the teaching times and discussion times. There's been a bunch of new faces, um, new families and faces. I think the smiley face in there, Chris, was because we're not wearing masks or something. 
Is that why, Chris? Maybe? Yeah, we, can see, we see their faces. That's right. Okay. So we're grateful for lots of new faces, new families, and then we're, we're just praying for continued growth and fellowship and discipleship between the students. That's our desire. And then uh, I think just some ongoing praises and plans for, for the high school ministry that they would, that they're encouraged that their students are developing relationships between leaders and the students, and they're, they're praying for that ongoing um, in that mentality of disciple making, discipleship, and then ongoing uh, direction for teaching, lesson plans and all that for 2021 and 22. And then for students, for boldness and courage uh, for the students to share the gospel with their peers in the world, which uh, is just a huge prayer request because it is a increasingly hostile world for Christians. And, and so that we don't want to shy away from that, but actually learn and, and be equipped for how to engage them with that. So, Kevin, would you just come, brother, and, and pray for uh, our... Um, oh, sorry, one, one last. I'll, I'll include our young adult group here. And then, and then Kevin, if you'd come and pray for those. Um, praises for five faithful years of young adult group ministry. Jason and Kiana, the greats, started this ministry five years ago with the desire to minister to our young adults. And, and just thinking about the dozens and dozens and dozens of 20-somethings who've been through this ministry, have, have launched out into the world and to work and to other churches, some in other states that have been impacted by the, the, the faithfulness of the grades and others in this ministry. And so we're praising God for that. Um, plans, uh, pray for a smooth transition as, as the grades shift gears uh, with some other ministry involvements and family life uh, opportunities. And as the, the howlers kind of uh, slide into that role as the hosts and, and helping facilitate that ministry. And so we're praising God for the grades and for the howlers involved involvement there, um, but pray for, for that time of transition. So Kevin, would you come and pray for, for those um, those praises and prayer requests? That'd be great. Thanks, man. Let's pray. Lord, we're just thankful for the ministry that you've given us, and yeah, like the name of disciple comes from is Matthew 28, 18, and is to go and make disciples, and that's not just a one-time thing, but an everyday thing that we need to continually grow. But we can be comforted in, and what you said before that is that all authority has been given to you in heaven and on earth. So we can go in boldness with that, knowing that you're there with us. You're in control. You're in charge. And you will accomplish your plan, and your church will be built. And we can be encouraged by that even when things are challenging. Uh, even when things are going good, we can give you the praise for that. And then when times are tough, we can go to on our knees in prayer to you and trust you in those things. And uh, pray that also just as leaders in youth ministry, we be more praying men and praying women just like you were in your ministry. And you left us an excellent example. And I just thank you for the ministries that the Greggs have been doing for the young adult group. And just being able to talk to young adults and hear the blessing and the benefits of being a part of that. And knowing that there is fruit there and that they've sown years of, of toil and work in the soil and being able to see that fruit come into full fruition as well in, in many of these people's lives. And what an encouragement that is. And I just pray that at least with the disciple ministries and young adults, it just wouldn't stop there, but that they would grow into becoming excellent church men and church women and make an impact in your church and an impact in this world that's lost and dying. So I pray in your son's name. Amen. Amen. Uh, just a quick note on your table.
you may or may not have, uh, what is called a deacon or elder recommendation for consideration form. That's a great title. On one side is the qualifications of deacons and elders. On the other side is a place where you can, you can actually recommend uh, for consideration a, a possible deacon or an elder nominee. And so um, if you have people that are on your heart, as you, as you look around the body and you see uh, the, the men that are helping facilitate ministry and, and helping uh, the elders, the shepherds, care for the church, um, we, we, wanna, we want you to, to identify those, help identify those men for us and, and for us to prayerfully consider them. So <clears throat> at any time tonight, you can take a moment and, and fill, fill that out if you have a a recommendation there. All right, um, there are some new ministries that we want to highlight briefly, and um, one of them is the Young Marrieds group. Where are the Hills at? Can you raise your hands? Hills, raise your hands there. Do y'all know the Hills? Nikki, Nikki's not raising her hand. She's okay, but Nathan is for Nikki. Uh, Nikki and Jason Hill. Uh, they had a heart for young married people, and so they asked if they could help kind of start a, a ministry to the young, young adults. So I uh, just want to share a few praises that they shared and, and some, some plans that they're, they're hoping for. Praises uh, that God has done so far are bringing in a bunch of recently married and young engaged couples to hear about how the gospel and how God's word transforms marriages. They're going through a book called uh, uh, When Sinners Say I Do. When Sinners Say I Do by Dave Harvey and a, a discussion guide that goes along with that. My, actually, my wife, Laura, and I have read that a couple times this last year. <laughs> we, we needed help. Um, super encouraging. Went through it with another couple, actually a couple, a couple couples, and uh, that, was, that was so encouraging. And so we were excited to hear that they were going to be going through that. And so there's been, you guys just had an event last week. How many couples were there, Jason? Roughly. Yeah, Corey. Oh, it's an ugly sweater contest. That's right. Yeah, uh, I think the Freemans actually won that one. So, no. Oh, Caleb and Ella won. Hey, nicely done. Uh, very good. Did they get a prize? Gluten-free Oreos. Everyone's favorite. Oh yeah. Uh, so, so now everyone's going to want to be a part of that group because of the Oreos. Uh, but so far, a great start to the ministry, and, and I think that's, that's one of the exciting things is just when there's a burden for uh, caring for people in the body, and those ministries just kind of happen, and we see God grow them, and we're excited for that. So we're, we're just praising God for the, the start of that ministry to... to reach into young married's lives to help them in those early years and early stages of, of marriage. And so praise God for that. Some of their plans, um, Nikki and, and Jason are, are trusting the Lord that, uh, in that the good work that he has started, this is from Philippians 1, 6, that he will be faithful to complete in us as individuals and in our marriages. So that's something they want to help instill in, in them is that Marriage is, is a, a work in, in progress, um, and so they're also just praying for the opportunity to become better acquainted with and to get closer with those young couples to minister to them, uh, really as, as you guys had people in, early in your marriage ministering to you. 
So uh, if you'd like to, to hear more about that or maybe there's ways that they could be involved, um, can they talk to you guys, Jason and Nikki? Absolutely. So that's super exciting and, and we're grateful for how God is using that ministry. Um, so that's the Young Marrieds group. Next is uh, what is called our Heart to Heart ministry. So Phil and Liz, who's in the house somewhere, uh, if you would like to come, join up here on the stage and um, just kind of give some updates uh, and uh, any praises or prayer requests that are related there. So thanks, Phil. And just as Liz comes up, just want to share an encouragement to you guys. If you feel the Lord putting a certain type of ministry on your heart, or, or maybe it's just you're, you'd like to open up your home next year, or open up your lives in some way to serve, or God's given you some gifts that you're looking for a way to serve, we, we had that conversation a number of years ago with the Gregs, and it's been such a blessing to, to serve with them, and now with the Howlers and, and the, the Hills, actually early this year, was it about a, it's earlier this year? kind of had that conversation of what the Lord was putting on their heart. They wanted to open up their home to minister to young adults. Um, I, we would love to talk with, it doesn't have to be, <clears throat> you don't have to be a, a leader or someone, maybe it's just you have you have some ways the Lord's blessed you or you just like to open up your life or your home in some way. We'd love to have those conversations with you. And uh, one of those that I've been having conversations with is Liz Pino. And so I'm going to actually ask for her to share. You guys have heard about this ministry, I think, at our last quarterly meeting, but... Uh, I asked Liz if she could share a little update and then specific uh, opportunity for prayer or even for volunteers. I don't do well with microphones. <laughs> um, so we're actually gearing up to start um, the Heart to Heart Moms Ministry in January. And we're taking a leap of faith um, as far as uh, making it happen without enough uh, uh, workers, childcare workers. So we definitely need um, volunteers to come and help, uh, both like in the nursery, basically holding babies, playing with babies, um, and uh, then we we need um, preschool and um, homeschool age classes. That will need at least two two helpers um, each each time, depending on how many um, moms participate, how many kids we have. So it would be really nice if we had a pool of workers, volunteers that can just volunteer, say, I'm, I'm available once a month, um, and it's only two and a half hours. Or if um, you want to say, well, I don't want to commit to a certain day, but I'm willing to um, come if I'm available on a day that you're short and need extra help. Um, so it's, it's, there's different ways that you can support the ministry, um, and it would be really nice for the moms if they can actually enjoy sitting down at the table and fellowshipping and listening to the special speakers that we'll bring on uh, without having to deal with um, a disruptive, you know, child in their arms or um, uh, just having to actually volunteer to help care for the kids which is what we're looking at at this point is um, the mentor moms uh, and, uh, and the moms themselves having to alternate every, every time we meet, pulling one of us for each class to uh, fill in the gap that we'll have. Um, so we're, we're praying that God will provide 
we're going ahead and plan uh, this week. The mentor moms uh, and I are going to be um, meeting to plan the, the classes for each session that we meet for the semester. Um, but we are taking, like I said, a leap of faith because we don't have the workers that we need at this point. Um, so we're praying that um, God will provide and he'll touch the hearts of those that are available at least one time a month or, or randomly whenever we need extra help. Um, so pray with me and think about it. <laughs> and if you do have time, please, please consider helping with this ministry. It's a great ministry for moms. Um, it's it's God-centered and it's basically equipping them to be a godly woman, a godly wife, a godly mom, and, um, and cope with the trials of being a young mom, a new mom, um, or even one that has had other kids that is now with all the different stages, you know, uh, that they're dealing with. Yes, um, we will be uh, meeting two times a month, which is the first and the third Wednesday of the month from 9 to 11.30. So it's not a huge commitment at all. Um, and, uh, and there's different ways that you can serve. Maybe even if someone loves to do crafts, um, you can say, hey, I'll, I'll jump in and prepare crafts for the, for the kids, for the different age groups. Um, or someone that just loves babies and wants to volunteer to come and hold babies. Someone that loves to work with uh, school-age kids that wants to just come and supervise in the homeschool class and just answer any questions they might have or, or just make sure that they stay busy. <laughs> That's great. So uh, I'm going to pray for that ministry now, but it could very well be some of you in this room uh, know that you do have some Wednesday mornings that you have some availability. Uh, we have a real uh, real opportunity, as my sister shared. They've got a core team to minister to the moms, but, but to minister, to take care of the, the little ones so the moms can be ministered to. We're talking nursery and, and toddler age. Uh, if, you can, if you've got one or two Wednesdays uh, available, please talk to Liz. Or if there's someone not here that you think uh, she should ask, maybe she hasn't been able to ask them yet, but uh, we, we need your support as well as your prayers. So let me, let me pray for that now. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your heart, for, for mothers of little ones, even as we, as we read of the Lord and his greatness in Isaiah 40, how he gently cares for those who are with young. And uh, Lord, we are even reminded this time of year of, of Mary, the mother of Jesus, and, and just a special place that, that mothers have had in your redemptive plan. And uh, Lord, I thank you for the the heart of Liz and, and the ladies serving with her, and, and uh, Diane and Kiana and uh, Christine and, and other ladies who are going to help when they can. But I pray, Lord, for uh, the, the other support uh, ladies, whether it's those at an older stage of life without little ones, or even uh, perhaps some, some teenage girls who can come alongside uh, for a couple hours, two and a half hours, uh, one or two days a month. Lord, I just... I want to pray that this week you would be providing um, specifically some of those workers so they can move forward in an effective way with their plans. And so, Lord, I pray you put on the hearts of those you would want to serve. Uh, we know that you, <clears throat> the, 
we're called to pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest, harvest to send forth laborers. And uh, Lord, we, we pray that you would put it on their, on their hearts. And uh, we thank you for, for Liz. We pray your blessing upon this ministry as they keep planning and praying. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Uh, the soup master himself has a bit of a Super Senior Sunday ministry update, so I'm going to ask Cliff to come on up. Come on up, soup master. I will do that, and so I will make it quick, but my oversight, <laughs> I didn't put it on the agenda. But we talk every month, of course, about Super Senior Sunday, and uh, that is primarily the extent of our senior ministry, and so it, it plays a very large role in what we do here in the church, and many of us are actually here uh, this evening. So I just wanted a, a quick update because I know you don't uh, all come down and see us. You're welcome to pop on in uh, once in a while. Don't eat the soup. That's for our seniors and me. But anyway, um, as I said, well, anyway. So, um, yeah, we meet every Sunday and our third, third Sunday of every month. And we have anywhere on the average between 35 and 42 seniors here and their families as well. Because we, you'll hear us talk about 70 and better or if you're with them uh, or with one who is. Sometimes that's a spouse, sometimes it's a visiting family. We welcome them, the whole family to be here, and, and we often do. So, uh, and I just, uh, so you know, besides the, the adult workers uh, that are serving and cleaning up uh, the Cotes, the Webers, Sue and I, and there's been others of you through here, the average age of our server that stands over there and serves our seniors, because we will, we will bring it to them if it's, un, if it's uh, difficult for them to come to the table, but usually they'll go through line over where Gail and Donna are right there. Average age of our server is about 11. It's about 11. If you've been down here, we have six or seven kids, depending on how many soups we have, ladling soup and serving our seniors. Then we ask them to go table to table with this dessert. So, friends, we've got this, this, uh, this tightest two kind of issue going on as well, between this connection between our juniors and our seniors. And it's a very sweet thing. And we just want to ask you uh, very specifically to pray for that. And uh, next, the, uh, Corey mentioned it this morning, next, beginning next week, or next month, I mean, in January, which is the five-year anniversary, by the way. We've been doing it virtually every month. We took a couple months off for COVID, and then we started taking it to them, and then we moved it out on the bridge. And uh, it's just been a really sweet time to do those things. We're going to move it to the second Sunday of the month, and uh, that's because we're constantly bumping up against the big holidays. We will be this week. Our next Sunday, we'll have the breakfast in the morning and 40 seniors and their families here. So uh, anyway, uh, so be praying for that as well. And I want to encourage you uh, very much because uh, the, there is the other aspect of what we might call our senior ministry is the contact that the elders and the deacons have with our seniors on a fairly regular basis. And as we call them, we check on them and those types of things. And, and remember, a lot of seniors aren't here for any number of reasons. Some of them shut in. Uh, some of our folks, it's just too painful in the morning to get here. It's difficult because of the time it takes for seniors, many of them, to get out of the car in hot weather, in rainy weather. They don't come on Sundays. They're not here tonight because many of our seniors don't come out at night. And as I get older, it's more difficult for me driving at night. I'm beginning to understand that more and more. So that means it's tantamount on us to be going to them. So I really encourage you to be making those phone calls, set up a time to visit. And uh, these are stalwart saints that have served the Lord, many of them, their entire life. And now they're at a point where they can't serve in, in a traditional sense. So we need to be encouraging them by serving them and encouraging them to serve. Our greatest prayer warriors are the ones we never see on Sundays. So anyway, so uh, anyway, if you ever have any questions, we're always in need of 
of those to help prepare soup and other, other food. We try to keep it all homemade every month if we can as much as possible. Uh, sometimes serving, uh, Sue coordinates all of that. I help and Liz coordinates meals. So anyway, if you, have, if you can be that, please, please let us know. Thank you for the time, guys. Thanks, Cliff. Uh, that, that reminded me of something that I was going to say later, but we'll say it now if it's well. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we published a, a kind of a list of those who are homebound and who are um, uh, who are either widows or widowers in this in this last year. And so, uh, I think connected to that, right, is a you know there's a group of people who who wish they could be here with us much more often, but they they can't be or we're just in this unique season there. They're hurting um, because of loss. And so um, we have that list with addresses. Laura Schumann put it together, addresses and contact information, all that, that we could send you if you'd contact the church office. We just didn't want to print that out and, you know, let that information be all over the place um, on the ground on Sunday at church. So thanks for that, Cliff. Thank you, brother. Uh, okay, a few, a few other... Um, Ministry updates here. It's okay if you have a crying baby. You might even have some crying adults on the inside right now. That's all right. Okay, a few uh, kind of outreach and missions updates. We have secured dates with Joseph Howler and uh, his ministry in Utah uh, with uh, his father-in-law and himself. Uh, July 23rd through the 29th, will be a Utah missions trip for our high school and young adult age folks. And so um, so you can mark those dates down, July 23rd through the 29th. But Joseph will come out sometime in the spring to do kind of another training weekend with us. And uh, we'll be working on kind of an application process so that you, you and, and the young people in our church can be, be praying for that ministry opportunity. Um, and so that, that, you know, it's not just anyone who kind of will want to sign up gets to go. It'll be a smaller group of people and we'll want to kind of walk through that process with those who are interested. And, and so be praying for that. Uh, it's obviously going to be a, a pretty serious and, and weighty time, but an exciting time to be engaging uh, with people in the LDS religion in, in real time, kind of on their turf, uh, in their in their towns uh, sharing the gospel with them, but really coming alongside the Howlers and the churches in, in the, the Salt Lake City area who are slugging it out in, in LDS land, and so um, for the sake of the gospel. So that's an exciting opportunity coming up, uh, so let's be, we'll be in prayer for that. And you can talk to me if you're interested in that, uh, even, even in prayer requests for that, and we'll be communicating some more of those details in the coming weeks. Also, uh, the, the Cotes are, hi Cotes, there they are, they are uh, fully now engaged in uh, what is called El Dorado County Jail Bible Study and Chaplaincy Ministry. Um, so how many, how many hours a week are you, are you guys kind of investing in that ministry at the moment, Becky? 16 to 20, so that's, that's prep, that's being on site in the jails, that's interactions with, with inmates and logistics and all of that, I'm sure. So it's, it's a massive undertaking. But here's the cool thing. They don't want to do that alone. They, they need our help. And, and we need to not only pray for that, but to pray and, and, and figure out if we can be involved. So here's kind of the vision of the ministry. 
to have enough teachers to fill two classrooms on a Saturday night uh, with Freed Inside Ministry. So that's kind of the ministry name for those, those classrooms, those studies. And then um, here's kind of the, the next part of their vision for this is uh, as members of our church, how can our church help release inmates be held accountable and not recycle back through the jail system? So we, we have we have a role in that in some way. And so how in the future might we help facilitate and be a part of that, that uh, um, important part of, of their life, especially as people are coming to know the Lord and, and getting saved. But also, uh, part of the vision is to help keep enough large print Bibles, which, by the way, did you guys pick up those two boxes? They're here. They're on Laura's desk. So, okay, uh, large print Bibles stocked in the classrooms for, for, uh, for, for the chaplaincy ministry there. But here's some, here's some praises. Two female inmates in the last several weeks named Brittany and, and Simone asked how to become Christians and prayed to receive Christ as Lord and Savior. So that's, that's a huge praise. One male inmate who is a believer and struggling with depression and forgiveness is doing much better. Leander Johnston, sorry, Johnson is in the process of training and will become a teacher in the new year. So that's awesome. That is so exciting. Uh, what an answer to, to prayer. And then there's three or four other members of our church who are kind of engaged currently in the application process for being able to come into the jails and, and help um, teach and serve in that way. So what an amazing opportunity. Uh, Mike and Becky, thank you for uh, helping, helping our church be engaged in that opportunity. But here's some plans and some needs, open hearts to the gospel, and, and um, with male and female inmates as they're ministered to through these weekly Bible studies. Pray for open hearts for the jail staff. They need Christ. And then um, for, for COVID restrictions to be eased uh, so, that, so that more people can volunteer, and then wisdom and clarity for both the instructors and the inmates as the word of God is being shared with them. So... So lots of great praises and, and plans. And then um, for God to use the local churches to assist the inmates as they're released back into the community. Uh, which is really, that's exactly what they need, right? Because God doesn't, if he saves them, he doesn't save them to just be these lone wolf believers, but to be a part of the family of God. So there's a huge opportunity for churches there. Okay, there's, there's so, much, so much that we can say about uh, small groups and Bible studies that are happening, that are growing, counseling that's happening formally, informally, Jen Dwyer and uh, Chris, uh, Chris, hi Chris, uh, Graham Grant are, are currently still enrolled in formal uh, biblical counseling training through the Masters University. Uh, those are two massive opportunities and both are, are engaging in counseling opportunities as, as they come about. And so we're praying for them and just praying that, uh, as Paul says, li- listen to this, Paul says in, in Romans 15, he says, I myself am satisfied about you all, brothers and sisters, talking about the Roman, uh, um, the believers there, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge and able to instruct one another. That, that word instruct is where we get our word for counsel, newthetic counseling, biblical counseling. That's the same word, that you're able to instruct one another. So Christians are able to instruct one another in the word if we're immersed in the word. But then God raises up some who are going to get more formally trained so that they can help equip us as a church to grow in that ministry of, of counseling as one uh, counseling as well. So keep praying for them, and uh, that's that's just a unique opportunity that the Lord has 
has brought our way. All right, we are going to uh, um, move now into kind of some uh, leadership report time here. Um, just a, a couple quick updates before I ask Steve to come here. As deacons and elders, we, we continue to meet monthly. Um, but one of the, the great praises and, and, and uh, prayer requests that we've had for the last year, and God has been faithful to answer that, is as deacons and elders, we have really sought to form teams uh, amongst one another to be handling the, the planning and the, and the preparations and kind of the logistics of different ministries um, throughout the week and throughout the month so that when we gather together, really what we can do is, is be in the Word and be in prayer. And so we've really had a laser focus on, on those two things uh, for the last year, and God has really blessed that. We've spent more time in the Word together, more time praying for the needs of the body together than um, any time in the last three years that, that I've, I've been here. So we're, we're so thankful for that, and, and I continue to pray that we, we keep a laser focus on the needs of the body and, and on the Word and prayer. Um, okay. Uh, Steve is going to come share some, some things here, and then we'll do a little bit of some member care, and then we'll move on to our, our vote time. So Steve, take it away, brother. Try to keep this short. Um, last year, I told you about uh, the number of people that actually had left our body over the course of the last several years. Many of them moving out of state, some going to be with the Lord, and uh, you know, the potential financial challenges associated with that. Um, I'm pleased to be able to tell you that this year, uh, our attendance numbers are actually just about what they were last year at this time. Um, the average monthly giving, though, is actually the, about the highest it's been since about 2018 at this particular point in time. So that's just a huge praise that God is blessing the church through you. And we are just so, so thankful for that. I also wanted to remind everyone that if you, if you ever wonder where, where the money goes, there is a white binder in the kiosk in the foyer upstairs that has the monthly statement or that tells all the money that comes in and all the money goes out and where it goes out it is a pretty good detailed list of it. I think you'll be surprised to learn how much of that actually goes to missions and how what a highlight that is actually to the leaders here. And I wanted just to read off a couple of uh, items that have occurred over the course of this past year, specific to missions giving. We have this regular um, giving that we do with um, uh, the missionaries that we have decided to donate to on a regular basis. But you guys are aware we also have this project of a month. <clears throat> so I just wanted to mention a couple of things that were a huge encouragement. Those of you that listened to Seth in Sunday school uh, just the other week, you guys are participating in that ministry. Uh, this last January, uh, Seth's project of the month was just a little bit less than $6,000 for that one project of the month. It was a huge praise. Um, uh, Pastor Didier in Congo has also been a, a frequent uh, project of the month. Um, uh, about $3,500 uh, this last time in February. Um, we've also added a couple of new missionaries that we're supporting, uh, and that's a, a huge praise as well. Um, the hills that were here was almost $2,700. There's something really kind of amazing that happened here in October. So October every year is our Christmas in October, right, where we attempt to bless uh, all the missionaries and your giving this year for Christmas in October is almost $10,000. 
And that is just a huge praise. Praise God for that. Just think about how those people in the field are blessed uh, by that. Um, there was another interesting milestone that we, uh, we hit uh, this year, and uh, that has to do with the negative side of the finance things, in a sense, and that is our, our, our mortgage, if you will. But we actually dropped below a very significant figure. We got a long ways to go, but we actually dropped below the $1 million mark in terms of the entirety of the mortgage. So praise God. Um, by the way, this is an area that the elders have been talking about. Um, so you may well hear about um, some focused areas about what we might be able to do to address that situation even further going forward. But you can be praying uh, for the elders as we consider uh, these things. Uh, let me pray. God, you are a good God. You are a giving God, and we know that you are a loving God. And despite that you uh, created all things, you control all things, and everything is yours to do with what you will, and yet you have blessed this body here in Shingle Springs with saints that, that give. And we just thank you for that. We know that you are the giver of all good things, but the way that you use uh, the members here to support uh, not only the local body, but the, all the people that we support overseas in terms of those missions, we just can't begin to thank you enough. And we just praise your name for that. And we pray all this now in your son's name. Amen. You might be wondering again where to find that folder. It's in the kiosk up in the foyer. But you also might be wondering how those numbers all come together and our brother Dave Palm has faithfully served in that area of ministry to help us as, as a church and as leaders uh, be faithful with what God has entrusted to us as, as the saints give. And so we're grateful for you, Dave. Thank you, brother, for serving us in that way. And um, uh, God has been so faithful and so good, especially as we look back on this last year. Well, we're going to move in a moment into our, our um, a time of vote and affirmation and praying for our, the, the men who are leading in our church. I just wanted to remind you as, as members of our church, uh, what that means is that we have committed to certain things. We've, we've agreed to certain things toward one another to, to be faithful to by God's grace. And currently right now, there, there are 20 or so folks in the, in the membership process kind of in different places, uh, you know, along the spectrum there, but people who are either part of the classes or, or are working on a membership form or uh, interview process with an elder or working on their testimony, even walking through, you know, what, is it, what does it even mean to be a Christian and, and trying to help discern those things. But that's, that's that point where we get an opportunity as, as elders to, to talk about those things in, in a, uh, a, a clear way in a setting. And so... Um, so I want to encourage us to be prayerful about how we, we might be hospitable, uh, not only in our homes, but maybe at a lunchtime or, or a coffee break or whatever it is during the week, to be inviting people into your lives who, are, who seem new at our church so that they can begin connecting uh, into our church relationally as, as they're getting to know our church. So that's, that's what we can do as members, but, but also to remember that as uh, members of our church, what are the things that we've agreed to? I just want to list a few of these things. This is what our, our covenant commitments say. Having been led by the Holy Spirit, 
which we believe God, through His Spirit, sovereignly has brought us to this church and this congregation to receive Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. And having been baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, I do now in the presence of God most solemnly and joyfully enter into covenant with other believers of this congregation as one body. I will endeavor by the aid of the Holy Spirit, here's a few of them, to walk together in Christian love and maintain the unity of the believers in the church. To walk together in Christian love. To strive for the advancement of this congregation in knowledge, in holiness, and in love. So we actually want to make progress in our, in our faith and in our love for Christ together as we grow in His Word. To sustain its worship, its ordinances, discipline, and doctrines. To be faithful, to be doctrinally deep believers. To contribute cheerfully and willingly to the support of its ministry as able. And that, that means our, our pocketbooks. That means that we are giving uh, sacrificially and faithfully out of what the Lord has entrusted to us. Here's another significant one, to watch over other believers in brotherly love through prayer and giving aid in times of need. I think that's one of the most significant ones, that we are watching over each other, that we have a a mutual accountability and and care for each other. Galatians 6 says that if we see anyone caught in any transgression, that if we're spiritual, if we're Christians, we're to go to that brother or sister in the Lord and to help them, uh, to, to help them in a spirit of gentleness. And so that's what we're called to do. That's what we've committed to. And so as we, as we pray for those things, as we renew in our hearts and in our minds those commitments to one another, let's ask that God would help us to do that faithfully. Just one uh, membership update to note tonight. The Jackowitzes, who, who you all know and love well, have been a part of our church for many years now. They've been attending a, a Presbyterian church uh, in, starting in the fall. And uh, they have some family, a part of that church as well. And they've been in kind of a time of, of transition, prayerful transition, as, they, as they've looked to be a part of that church there. And so um, uh, we continue to be in touch with them, and, and they've been in touch with us as elders. And so we want to pray for them in that transition. Sam Jackowitz was up here with us a couple weeks ago. He'll be back again this summer, served in our VBS ministry and loves our church, and the Jackowitzes do as well, but we want to pray for them as they've transitioned to, to another fellowship that God would use them and grow them and bless them in that. All right, let's pray, and then I'll hand it over to my brother Phil. Father, thank you for what it means to be a part of the body of Christ, members of a body, bricks of a house, sheep of a flock, members of a family, Your word is full of helpful illustrations about how we relate to one another, uh, that we can confess our sins to one another and and be healed, uh, that we can grow together in knowledge of you and and, and rejoice as we delight in Christ together. God, I pray that you would uh, continue to keep us humble as leaders, as members of a church, to to admit that we have weaknesses, to, to help each other in our weaknesses to be willing to confess our sins to one another, that we would grow in godliness and holiness. Help us, Lord, to not forsake those means of grace. Help us to be faithful, to love those who are here, who are 
coming up into our church to be hospitable to them. Help us to love them well. And Lord, now as we change gears here to think about our deacons and our elders, we pray that you would help us and give us unity as we walk through this process even now. In Christ's name, amen. This is the last part of our evening here, but this is, this is an important thing, even as we uh, gather here as a, as a church to, to affirm our, those who labor among us, Scripture calls us to, to recognize those who diligently labor among you in the Lord, who have charge over you in the Lord, and, and what we affirm and what we're looking at in that process is specifically from the words of Scripture. And so I want to read, you have some uh, ballots there on your table and pens. Those of you that are members of this church, um, I want you, even before, I, before you fill those out, to just be reminded of what the Word of God says. The word overseer and elder, pastor, those are all used interchangeably in Scripture. So as we, we read about overseers, this is also about elders and and just as a reminder, we've said this before, but overseers help oversee and support and lead ministries. Deacons help facilitate ministry. But everyone who's a member of the body of Christ does the work of ministry. So you all do ministry. You're not voting for people to do the ministry instead of you. The elders oversee the ministry. The deacons help facilitate the ministry. And certainly our women's ministry directors and others help as well. But let me read 1 Timothy 3. The saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunkard, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money, He must manage his own household well with all dignity, keeping his children submissive. For if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for God's church? So that's what elders are to do. They're to care, shepherd God's church. He must not be a recent convert or he may become puffed up with conceit and fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must be well thought of by outsiders so that he may not fall into disgrace into a snare of the devil. Deacons likewise must be dignified, not double-tongued, not addicted to much wine, not greedy for dishonest gain. They must hold the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience. And let them also be tested first, then let them serve as deacons if they prove themselves blameless. Their wives likewise must be dignified, not slanderers, but sober-minded, faithful in all things. Let deacons each be the husband of one wife, managing their children and their own households well. For those who serve well as deacons gain a good standing for themselves and also great confidence in the faith that is in Christ Jesus. So this is the word of the Lord. And just so you know, with some of the the newer names that are listed there on the bottom of your sheet here, the process of letting them first be tested and then and then let them serve as deacons if they are beyond reproach. Paul says later in this, this letter not to lay hands on anyone too hastily. 
And so part of what we do through this process is we spend time meeting with them as, as elders, uh, going through the, the scriptures together, talking through the qualifications, but also we're, we're not looking to, to ask people to start serving really in ways they haven't been already. We're, we're looking for those who are already serving the church and, and doing the work of, of deacons that we want to recognize their faithfulness. And so as you think of Jason and Houston and Sean and Josh, as they have already been uh, involved in, in our body and small groups and uh, evangelism and adventure club and uh, with connected with the young adults and some of the junior high ministries, uh, those of you that have served with them. I, I would just make a note here on um, the ones that you're going to mark yes would be you're affirming and supporting this person as a servant leader for next year based on what I read in 1 Timothy 3. But if there's someone you're, you don't know real well, you're unsure or you're unfamiliar with them, it's okay to, to leave it blank. Um, if you have any questions about anything we've read, also this sheet on your, on your table has some explanation of some of those things. But if you'd like to uh, discuss anything with us as elders, just, just fill out the box at the bottom. And uh, because we're a, a family, we ask uh, all of you to, to put your name on that. And it also helps us to know who to follow up with if there's questions or concerns that you have. So you guys, anyone need a pen? I think you guys are all... Already, let's let's just take a, a couple minutes here, and uh, and in a, in a couple minutes we'll we'll pray and have some time of dessert. And when you're done, uh, there will be some some gentlemen here. Just you can kind of fold them over and, and just raise them up, and we've got some gentlemen who can take your ballots. Hey, why don't we stand together, and we're going to sing the doxology. Praise God from whom? And then we're going to, then I'm going to pray, and then uh, then we're going to have some dessert. If you have ever been to my home for any type of meal, you know that I put people in order in a certain way. So I'm going to ask you guys to do that tonight. 
And what, what that means is we always start with the oldest people first to go get in line. Let's sing first. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above the heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Well, let's pray. Father, thank you for our time of worship. Worshiping you through hearing the ministries that you have put into place for us. We thank you so much for that. Thank you for our time of worshiping you just now through that song. And through the songs we sang earlier, thank you for that. Thank you for hearing the different testimonies that we heard between Craig and Tatiana. Thank you for the work that you're doing in their lives. Father, thanks just for each person here that contributed to the, to the snacks that you have uh, allowed us to partake in. Thank you for that. Help us now as we continue our fellowship. These things I pray in your son's name. Amen. Amen. Hey, if you are like uh, 80 and older, you may get in line. I identify as 80 or older. You may feel 80, but if you're not 80, if you're 70 and older, you may get in line. 70? 70 and older, you may get in line. If you are 60 and older, yes, I would qualify. If you are 50 and older, you may get in line. 50 and older. Listen to these, please. If you are 40 and older, you may get in line. 40 and older. Kevin, Kevin, that's you, right? And the rest of you may get in line.